following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Ming's not unbeatable. With all his men, he couldn't even kill Flash. Gordon's alive! Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts... From Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, Brad. And introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. It is Minute 50 of Flash Gordon. Eric, how are you? Minute 50, yeah. You know, my next big milestone birthday, I'm going to turn 50. It's not going to be for like another seven and a half years, but still, when you're younger, you know, you get excited (laughs) about... uh, the milestone birthdays you turn 10 16 18 21 now it's just it's just dread <laughs> <laughs> this has nothing to do with the movie brad i just started pondering i uh i go through long periods of time where i was like how old am i because i don't care anymore my birthdays happen it's like ah yeah birthday. well also i mean i'm i'm i mean i'm a 13 year old boy eternally so you know <laughs> i mean i'm talking about flash gordon here by the minute you know <laughs> Fair, fair. Well, I was uh, I, I was always a big fan of the writer, uh, the humorist Dave Barry. Oh, sure, I love him. Yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, he had the I, I I've heard him share the expression a couple times. It's like you're always young, you're only young once, but you can always be immature. <laughs> <laughs> now that's my life. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, joining us for the uh, last time uh, this week, uh, the. Carol Paczynski. Paczynski. I'm so sorry. It was bound to happen. Carol, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. And you? I am well, thanks. Um, This has been a great week. You have been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for sparing your time. uh, Because I I know you're working hard. You're always writing. And uh, you have just been amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm having I'm having a great time talking about Flash. Oh. <laughs> Eric, this is another weird minute. It's uh, <laughs> things get creepy. Ming shows up and uh, he's um he's ready for some loving. He is. And before we get to the, the all the uncomfortable stuff, I want to at least point out one really fun thing because I've mentioned this before. He he does the finger flex again. Yes. But this time he includes his arms with a little flourish with the finger flex. It's his the finger flex to end all finger flexes. It is the weirdest it's the weirdest thing. I've been doing the finger flex for the last <laughs> few days. I just can't help myself. He does it so well. He, oh. he, he you know, and we just and he does it and we know he's evil. <laughs> like that's how talented Max von Sydow is. He just has to twiddle his fingers, and we and we he conveys evil. Well, a part of me wants to know, and part of me desperately does not want to know. Is like, how does that prepare him for the activities he is planning on partaking in? It's like, what does he? What is he planning on doing, dear God, that requires him to have his fingers and arms so limber? <laughs> <laughs> That is a good yet horrible question. <laughs> I guarantee you, whatever it is, Dale wants no part of it. <laughs> and uh, by the way, yeah, th- thanks for inviting me on for the rapey scene. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, you know, there have been other minutes where we've where where 
you know, there's been some rapiness, but I mean, this, this, this one flat out is, I mean, it just, this is the, the top of the, the heap. Uh, <laughs> it's so bad. I mean, the woman is passed out drunk and, and he whips his belt off and flings it with a flourish. <laughs> uh, I don't know who he's doing that for. There's no one else in the room. It's just, uh. I, 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 don't, I don't really know what else to say. Well, she's not drunk. She's space rohypnol. Space rohypnol, right? It's not even drunk, right? It, yes, this is this is just terrible. It's just <laughs> terrible. And he just looks like an animal licking his chops for a, you know a raw steak. And the the slow subjective camera angle while he's basically pawing at her. Ah, uh, jeez. Oh, Eric, you, ta- <laughs> you take the rest of this. I can't. I I can't. I, I'm. I'm, I'm tapping out. Well, I mean, he comes in the room and he's got this disgusting smile, and I mean, he's 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 moving his hands up, 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 and then certainly suddenly doesn't like what he finds because it's not Dale, and uh, he's not happy, and she's got a big smile on her face because she's been rehypnolled. <laughs> what what the the look on his face? When when he sees that it's it's the slave and not Dale, I think, wait, it's the slave, but I've already had her. Yeah. <laughs> He's like you. I've <laughs> uh, uh, been there, done that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but for me, the um the interesting part of the scene, and you know, he he takes off the belt, but I notice he does not take his rings off which to me implies that he's not as confident or secure in his powers ah. to do whatever it is he wants to do because he, he has to rely on the power of his rings instead of the power of his his presence, his, his own ability to seduce. So I thought that was actually quite insecure. Yeah, d- deep down, Ming isn't real, is not confident that he's any good with the ladies. He, he is... Uh... He is relying on whatever uh, whatever assistance he can get from anything. There is there's a big old bucket of Viagra in his uh, bathroom. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. But but then again, I'm wondering like if I had a ring of power, would I take it off for any reason? There would at least be a really good safe in my. Uh, there'd be a room. Uh, there would be a safe room with a safe in it. Uh, you do not want to lose a ring of power. And, uh, you know, I have a tendency to lose everything, so. <laughs> All right, so we've got, we got Ming's, Ming's Rings of Power. You got Green Lantern wears a ring. You right. got the Mandarin in the Marvel Comics wears rings. Yeah. Uh, when I was growing up, there was the cartoon with the thing where you say, thing ring, do your thing to turn into the thing. Oh, my God. Um, what, other, what, are, what other rings do we have in the science? Uh, Lord of the Rings, the Ring of Power. Oh, oh duh. Lord of the <laughs> oh, my God. I, ugh. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. It's right there in the title. Oh my god. <laughs> You've got that ring. Let me think, what other rings are there? Um, yeah, well, I mean, wedding rings. <laughs> wedding rings. Uh, you know, the Stargate is itself a ring. Okay, okay. Alright, I'll give you that, sure. Yeah, yeah. I've seen some great Stargate ring knockoffs. Or, or sorry, handcrafted versions. I mean, if if I ever uh, switched out my my wedding ring, I would want a Stargate ring. Rings, I don't think, actually work fantastic cinematically. They work great in 
you know, with the Lord of the Rings books, they work great because there's a lot of symbolism inherent to ranks. But you know, to actually make them work in a movie, you're doing a lot of close-ups on hands and stuff, and it's not always the easiest thing to to to, to special effects up. I'm trying to think if there are any other great ring examples, and nothing is coming to mind. God, the Mandarin. Yeah, well, I mean, I never did. We, did we actually get a close-up of Ming's ring? Yes, um, yeah. I, I believe when he when he I think when he hypnotizes Dale earlier, I think they they show uh, they show it. I believe. Or may, oh no, I know, I know when it is in the beginning of the movie when oh. they just show his hands and he's flexing the fingers, saying, oh, "Right, right." You know, I'm bored, Clytus. We see his fingers close up. Uh huh. Right. Right. So yeah, a lot of people, um, you know, they they craft rings based on what they see in movies. I don't think anyone has actually done uh, a Ming ring has mm-hmm. actually, you know, created a Ming ring and I've seen cosplayers of all types. I don't think I've seen any flash Gordon cosplay. Now that I think about it, mm-hmm. I've seen, I've seen, you know, Rocky horror picture show cosplay. I've seen some, I've seen some really amazingly cool offbeat cosplay. I, I think you just don't want to be the guy doing Ming cosplay. <laughs> that uh that just seems a way to get you may not be making it to the uh to, to the convention center in, in that outfit that's that's just offensive in a lot of ways oh i've but i've seen offensive cosplay done really really humorously and of course now i'm i'm blanking but i've i've seen some great cosplay over the years that's the 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 most fun thing about fandom right now the incredible designs and imaginations that people come up with really amazing um i and last year i took uh, my twins my six-year-old twins to the uh, harrisburg comic-con and they would just lose their minds it's like <laughs> dad that is captain america and, and he's here with his family and he's a little out of shape. I was like, yeah, I know. I, I know. It's, it's dad bot America. Yes. But I, I, I saw that very recently at a, at um, Big Apple Comic Con. Batman and little Bat Boy. I thought it was very sweet. You know, son and dad doing Batman together. Pictures of the, at the cosplayers when um, I'm at... Um... Uh, uh, com- what's what's the big New York con- New York Comic Con, right? Yeah, New York Comic Con. I mean, right. uh-huh. I've been to a couple of times. I love taking pictures of the people in the costumes. The, the best picture I think I have is a ca- like basically in line with what you said, Brad. It's it's a fifty year old, not thin, Captain America guy buying a hot dog. Right. <laughs> it's just such a great photo. Yeah. Well, my my favorite cosplay from New York Comic Con last year. It was, um, I have to call it the dark knit because it was a person in Adam West's version of Batman, but it was all crochet. Oh dear. The wow. Whole thing was crochet. Like that is just some next level fabulousness. I, I remember when I went to my first Baltimore comic con and I walked in and there was a guy and it was a really good costume. Um, and he even did a thing where, uh, the the mask he actually had the domino mask like like glued onto his face so you didn't have the uh, band going around his head 
and he was dressed up as Robin the Boy Wonder. And it was a guy, probably in his 30s, and he was a fit guy. Um, but there he was wearing, like, a Robin costume. I'm just like, why are you doing that? <laughs> because he likes Robin. <laughs> First off, just don't be Robin by yourself. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't understand. There's this huge, huge following for for Robin and Dick Grayson and every Batman sidekick variation. I mean, really, really intense passion for this character. And I love the character, but I'm just saying this, like, if you're not going to be there with your buddy who's going to be Batman, uh, and if you're a little old to be Robin the Boy Wonder, it's like, the Nightwing is a great costume. Nightwing, that's that's one of the, my, I've got a friend who's just really, really into Nightwing. It, it's a great costume, it looks great, and uh, I was like, yeah, just, just... It, you, you've you've graduated. If you're going to be on your own, <laughs> uh, I I noticed another one of my favorite cosplays from New York Comic Con last year was um, there was this young woman. She was just this beautiful young woman, and she was dressed as the chicken from Moana. Oh my like, gosh, she was hey hey, hey hey. That's it. She could have been anybody. I mean, she was she was lovely to behold, and she could have cosplayed anybody and she chose the chicken and i thought that's she wins <laughs> she she wins the convention her and the dark net <laughs> very cool so uh, obviously we just don't want to talk about this minute <laughs> well, okay well uh, another thing i could mention um uh you know uh one thing i i <laughs> I have to say, I did like that he kept his cape on. He's, like, trying to seduce a woman. He's got the cape on. Like, well, he's not trying to seduce her. He's trying to attack her. So I disapprove of that. But I approve of the space cape. <laughs> because everything is better with space capes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Space cape. We got, what, Land- Lando Calrissian rocks a space cape. Yeah, absolutely. Darth absolutely. Vader's got the cape. Yep, yep, yep. So many good space capes in this world. So... You know, that is the one thing I can improve of in the scene. <laughs> the capes are definitely something that have, uh, yeah, they, 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 you see less and less of them. Uh, I think p- people are too logical now, and they don't, you know, they, they know capes don't work in the real world. Uh, that was the great scene from uh, the first Untouchables. Is like you don't want a cape, and you know, showing all the people, all the heroes who uh, met untimely ends. You mean the you mean Watchmen? Well, incredible! Yeah, Incredibles. Watchmen too. Oh, right. Watchmen. The guy, the dollar bill dies because his cape gets caught in a revolving door. Right. Right. And in the Incredibles, Edna keeps saying no capes. Yeah, and Marvel's kept away from capes too much, I guess. Thor has had a cape, although since in Ragnarok they got rid of like the full length cape and Vision. Superman, Batman. Yeah. Oh, DC. They they still like a cape. Yeah. Uh, we were talking yesterday about Shazam. Uh, they, they have shown images of, uh, uh, was it Levi, Zachary Levi as Shazam, and uh, he. he has, have we all seen the pictures of from the the, the Shazam movie? Mm-hmm. Yes. I haven't because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you don't care about the wisdom of Solomon. <laughs> no, I, you know, I've always been a Marvel guy, and I, the DC movies universe just to me is just really bad, and I, I just I can't care. I'm I'm a Marvel girl too, but for some reason I only dated Vertigo Boys. 
I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> it's like the, the equivalent of the Catholic schoolgirl dating the biker. <laughs> they, they they have shown Zachary Levi is playing, you know, a Shazam or Captain Marvel. Although I don't think they're going to call him Captain Marvel in that movie. I don't know how they're going to work that out because uh, the the legal issues are profound. But he was Captain Marvel. He was before he was. Shazam! He was Captain Marvel. Billy Batson was Captain Marvel. So, uh, but they, they show him in the full red getup, and uh, it looks like they have some padding. Zachary Levi, he's a fit guy, but uh, it's a, it's an odd-looking costume. And uh, he, but he does have the cape. I mean, it, it is a jumping right out of the the comics page uh, version of the costume. Yeah, so yeah, DC, they're so willing to go with a cape. But other than that, you do not see fresh capes. You don't see a new character with a cape in science fiction anymore. They've definitely gotten away from that. It's a shame. Capes look great. They, they, yeah. They, they do really look great. I, I should be wearing a cape right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it would be tough because every time I would leave a room, I'd be too uh, – too tempted to like do the Dracula pulling it halfway above my face to cover my face to walk out. <laughs> well, that's actually more of the version of um, oh, uh, oh God, that horrible movie that was so funny. Um, uh, where Bella Lugosi had died, and so they oh Ed Wood Ed Wood Plan Nine from Outer Space. That's oh, Plan it. Nine from Outer Space. Yeah, Plan yeah. Nine from Outer Space. You he he wore his his uh, a cape up above his nose to disguise the fact that it wasn't Bella Lugosi as Dracula. Who, by the way, was buried with his cape. Was he? Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, he actually was buried with his Dracula cape. Wow, wow. Yeah, so, you know, we love a good cape. And Dracula. Dracula had a cape. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dracula was rocking the cape. Uh, that's, I think it was where a lot of it came from. But, uh, but yeah, Ming, he's, uh, apparently he does his loving with his cape on. Which, uh... <laughs> well, I wouldn't call it love. <laughs> I, I would, um, I, yeah, I'd call the cops. <laughs> That's what I would do. Really, it just sounds like the worst country music song ever. What? <laughs> do, do your loving with your cape on. <laughs> you know, I, you could turn that into filk music. You could find the right <laughs> song and turn it into a, turn it into a hit, and I would listen to it. <laughs> Uh, well, this is a Howard Blake heavy week. We had no queen, unfortunately, for Carol, but we've got no. Howard, two more Howard Blake music cues in this minute. We get a, a riff on Ming's entrance theme as he walks down the hall and enters the room, followed by some very increasingly tense uh, synthesizer-type notes. And then, as he discovers it's not Dale and it's the serving girl, there's some angry notes, some kind of a horn or something like that. Uh, and then... Uh, this minute actually ends with the very beginning of Dale's breakout, and um, we get the same notes as those angry notes, but just with like some light strings. Boy, it would have been fun to talk more about Dale's escape because there's some crazy stuff that's about to happen. But uh, unfortunately, Carol, that's not where our minute le- leaves off with you. We, we... oh, shoot. Ah, uh, what what do you want to say? But go ahead. Well, I you know I I like what comes next, but uh you know I guess the the only last thing that happens is the Ming takes a look at the slave, you know, and, and he just kind of tosses her back on the bed. Like, uh, Which is probably the best case scenario for the poor slave girl, because exactly. 
I, I don't think Ming's a guy who uh, really lets stuff go. Oh, I'm sure she's going to end up in that dungeon from earlier in the movie. Oh, God. How, how sad. No, or maybe maybe she'll just escape into anonymity. That's, uh, yeah, best case scenario. You do not, you just hope that Ming was uh, just too distracted because, uh, hey, it's, uh, I, I, I don't think anything that disappoints him. And I don't think Ming's a guy to, like, just, he's like, ah, well, you know, stuff happens. I don't think he's a stuff happens guy. Right, right. So, so it was the best case scenario for for all concerned. Yeah. So, uh, this has been a pretty interesting week. Uh, not a lot happens. Like, it, it, big stuff happens, but it's uh, it, it, it's been sort of a different week. Uh, we've learned a lot about each other. Uh, one thing that you called, you you mentioned, Eric, uh, that you met your wife via Friendster. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and she wrote me first, too. This was back in, uh, yeah, uh, 2004, and, uh, like I said, I, I, I was on Match, and I was on some other dating sites, and one of them was Friendster, which I don't, I didn't, I don't, I never really figured what Friendster was. It was kind of a dating site, but it was kind of an activity partner site. It was sort of, I don't think it knew what it was, and I, I'm sure they're angry about how many billions Facebook is worth now, because it was basically the same thing as Facebook when you think about it, but... We both had uh, the Muppets listed as interests, and uh, she wrote me, said, hello, fellow, Mupp- fellow Muppet fan. I still remember the subject line. <laughs> oh, and, that's sweet. Uh, yeah, here we are uh, 12 years later. That is, uh, wow. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What, are we, what year are we in now? 14 years later. Yeah, you might want to know that. <laughs> I once, I once uh, interviewed a mathematician. No, a statistician, and I said, how long have you been married? He said, 10 years plus or minus the standard deviation. <laughs> so, yeah, Friendster doesn't exist anymore. Our relationship, our marriage has outlasted the site where we met. Yay! I just love that she uh, she was the one who uh, sent the first email out. That, uh, that's, that's always nice to hear. Yeah, I loved it, too. I, I Nine times out of ten online dating, I was the one doing the first message, so I liked it, too. I, I wrote to my husband. Ah, so, and so who's now my husband? You go. Guys, oh. if the woman contacts you first, that is a keeper. <laughs> That's a good story. I, I uh, gosh, just I yeah, first off, I just haven't even thought of Friendster in a long time. I did not have a Friendster account. I went right to MySpace. MySpace. I don't even think I was ever on MySpace. I was only because a friend of mine said you have to get on MySpace, and then like a minute later, she said, "Oh no." MySpace is over. You got to go on <laughs> something else. So I, yeah, I'm I'm looking for a uh, an alternative to Facebook. If anyone has any suggestions, what was it? A month or two ago, there was some sort of paid uh, social media accounts, and there was just seemed like a, a group of people who was like, "Hey, I'm trying out this," and I forget the name of it. And uh, it, the idea was because it was a paid site. And I don't I don't think it was expensive by any stretch but the belief was is like hey you know if it costs even if it just costs a few dollars it's enough to keep away the people that you don't want to be dealing with but i i think they quickly turned around it's like oh no it's a terrible design site and it sucks um and everyone quickly canceled their account so i i don't know uh people still seem to like instagram we we do have our own facebook not only do uh not only do I have a Facebook account, but Flash Gordon Minute has the listener's vortex. So, uh, Eric, Eric, we're going to do this a little backwards today. Why don't you talk a little bit about uh, where you can find Flash Gordon Minute on social media? We've got the Flash Gordon Minutes. 
completely threw you off. This is not. Uh, how and uh, we're on Twitter or Jarf's on Twitter because Brad and I don't know a thing about Twitter. Flash Gordon Pod, and then there's Flash Gordon Minute at Gmail dot com. That's an email address. Yeah, shoot us an email. I don't think we get a lot of emails. One person so far has emailed us. One. What did they say? He liked the show, and he wanted to be a guest, even though he had never seen the movie before. <laughs> uh, he's watching the movie with us a minute at a time. Oh, that's great. Uh, so I said, you know, thanks for being a fan. Uh, you know, but we need someone who's like got some knowledge of the movie. Well, that's great that they're following along. Say, hi. Hi, guys. We, 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 we love the people who uh, – and this is not the only person I, that I know who is enjoying our show uh, without the benefit of being a fan of the movie. Um, so we, we hope we have encouraged you to have a love of this film. And uh, for God's sakes, go, go buy a copy. So, um, Carol, this has been an amazing week, and we very much appreciate you sharing the time. Uh, one more time, please um, you know, t- tell people where they can find out more about your writing. You can find my writing at – carolpinchevsky.com that's carol pinchevsky pin like the needle chef like the cook sky like the thing above you and i'm not writing as many articles as i usually do because i'm busy working on a non-fiction book and that should <laughs> i hope to have an agent soon <laughs> and and uh i'm when i'm not writing or looking for people to interview i'm crying so <laughs> Words of encouragement would be great. <laughs> well, yeah, we've certainly really enjoyed having you with us. And, uh, you know, we've talked before. You, you've uh, interviewed some really fascinating people. Uh, everyone from our beloved Sam Jones, uh, Flash Gordon himself, uh, to James Bond himself. You interviewed Daniel Craig. I did. Uh-huh. Yes. But it wasn't It wasn't a one-on-one, unfortunately. It was a, it was a, a room. But um, my favorite interview, also unfortunately not a one-on-one, I got to at, I got to interview Adam West, and I was wearing a Batman dress. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> I'm an Adam West fan. Oh, how could you not love Adam West? Only people without souls. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's a thing where similar to Adam uh, to uh, Sam Jones, but in a very different way. Adam West was very much underrated because uh, people didn't people didn't get what he brought to the table, and such a wonderful deadpan delivery, uh, a very smart comedic actor with great timing and a good actor too. Uh, he, he had done some uh, some straight dramatic work and uh, he was very good. He was just a thing where he was as Batman. He was being what the the script and the character called for and. Uh, yeah, that, that must have been really cool. Um, it, 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 I felt like towards the end of his uh, life, people were coming back around to him, and people who watched him as youngsters were realizing, oh, oh, he, he was actually really cool. And you had stuff like Seth MacFarlane bring him on to Family Guy, and it was obviously because of the affection he had for it. Dana Gould, who uh, has the excellent podcast, the Dana Gould Hour, the Dana Gould Hour, Gould Hour, Boy, I am butchering that. <laughs> um, when he was a writer on The Simpsons, he had Adam West p- portray himself on the show and did some great work. So uh, that, that must have been really cool. Is, is there someone that you really want to interview that you haven't had a chance to yet? Uh, is it like a, a dream interview? So many people. Well, I did my dream interview, which was Leonard Nimoy before oh. he passed. So I did get my I, dream interview. 
and then and then later I got to interview George Takei. So that really was also fun. But I guess my dream interview right now, oh, Mark Hamill, perhaps, because he's having so much fun with his fame right now. If you see him on Twitter, you see that he's just enjoying everything about life right now. Mark Hamill is having a great time. There, there's so much love and affection for him. Oh, it's just cool stuff like when he was um, reading Trump tweets as the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was he's, awesome. Yeah, he's, he's just always been cool not sorry not always not not in the 70s and the early 80s but yeah when he when he kind of embraced his geekness i think that's when he became like a an interesting person to talk to uh or i or so i would hope but uh you know i i really started to like him as a person when he started something called the guyver <laughs> do, do you remember that i do i do it wasn't good but i could tell he took this role because he obviously wanted to, and I thought, oh, that's that's great. Yeah, he really is one of us. I mean, he is he is very much a geek person. He's, he's all into like the old Universal monster movies, and he knows his stuff. He knows his comic books. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so disappointed when Universal canceled their their planned Universal universe. There was going to be a Universal monster film, but then they started off with The Mummy, and The Mummy happens to be one of my favorite films of all time, the 1932 Boris Karloff movie. So so I couldn't even bring myself to watch the new version. Is, is that officially dead? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, and, I, never, yeah I never watched it. I'm, they only made what? They made The Mummy and they made Dracula and that's it? They didn't even make the, 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 the Dracula... And it was like Dracula Untold or something, which was a modest hit a, a year or two before. And at first they were saying that was part of this new universe, and then they were backing away. It's like, oh, no, it's not really part of it. Oh, okay. So really they made The Mummy, and that was it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But I, starring anything starring Tom Cruise, I, I take with a grain of salt because it would be a Tom Cruise movie rather than a universal shared universe kind of movie so i'm you know i i just didn't have any desire or enthusiasm to see it yes i think that's pretty much what the world said yeah (laughs) and it's it's a shame because i think the idea was a great one because there's so much there i mean i i love universal monsters you know how i i said i i watched nothing but black and white movies well those were the movies i loved somebody's going to figure it out at some point and they're going to give it another shot there's the, the characters are too good to ignore for too long and uh you know the shared universes are it's big business right now and they're trying to make shared universes that are much more of a stretch than that i know they were talking about uh basically a hasbro shared universe where it was going to be transformers and gi joe and mask visionaries and mask and it's like wow that is that is reaching yeah Well, shared universes are big, but right now the only truly successful one is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, no, not, not. well, how many shared universes are there now that I think about it? I mean, you've got Marvel and you've got DC. There's like um, Godzilla, King Kong. Right, right. But they haven't made that yet. We don't know if that's going to be successful. Mm-hmm. No, just I'm just trying to think of the ones that are going on right now. And yeah. they've talked about the, you know, the Hasbro, like I said, although... I th- think it looks like transformers might finally be running out of steam i know they have a um bumblebee spinoff god that can't happen too soon (laughs) 
Yeah, the world's waiting for a Bumblebee solo movie. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, but um, in terms of success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now, we're in phase three, and there have been 19, I've just counted 19 of these movies. I've seen 19 Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, and, and I've, you know, that's it. I've bought into it. But, oh, yeah, yeah. I am completely, fully immersed in the MCU. But now that I think about it, 19 movies at how much do you pay for tickets by the way how much oh uh, uh well our, our theater here in uh in uh where i live here in brooklyn we've got a theater that um if you go on wednesdays or matinees adults are still only seven dollars oh my god and wow. even full price adults is only like i think 10 Oof, we don't have that in manhattan <laughs> well yeah you're in manhattan <laughs> yeah. uh, and brad how much do you pay i'm paying 10 or 11 10 only yeah, and then what's funny, to, what's great is there's also a second-run theater uh, about 15 minutes north of me where it's like four bucks. Uh, so, you know, usually I see it once in the theater, like in the the, 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 the expensive theater, and then uh, I'll wait and I'll see the second go-around at the, the fun time cinemas. So Because um, I pay at least $15 for a ticket, and I haven't paid for every movie. Sometimes I get, I get screeners where I go to... I attend premieres and things. So, uh, but if I were just Joe average at $15 a pop, that's 15 times 19. What is that? 15 times 19, 15 times nine, 285. Yeah. That's $285 per person. <laughs> oh, jeez. In New York. Sorry. In New York. So that's 190 for Brad. But you know what? Spread it over that long. That ain't bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I think about these things a lot recently. <laughs> Where is my money going to? Oh, it's going to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> well, and then you think about the uh, you know the Blu-rays that come out later, and my son was like, he wants his Hulk T-shirt. It's like, uh, they are getting a lot of money out of me, but, they, <laughs> but they've been getting a lot of, out of money out of me long before the movies even were coming out because the right. trade paperbacks and the comics. And but you know who? But you know who hasn't been getting a lot of money? Flash. Flash Gordon hasn't been getting a lot of money. They 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 they've gotten a couple <laughs> Blu-rays. They they got a, a T-shirt from a for, for Eric from Eric. What was its earnings? Flash Gordon, nineteen eighty. What? Twenty-eight million, right, Brad? Yeah, on a budget of twenty. Oh, so it wasn't like a complete catastrophe. No, no. I think it wrongly has a reputation for being a bomb, and while it wasn't successful enough to necessitate sequels, um, it wasn't a bomb, and. You know, you wonder about the ancillary income where I think it sold a lot of soundtracks and, you know, people are still buying it and still buying the T-shirts and you, know, you see it all the time on TV. So it's I think it eventually it made its money back. It's Bruce Campbell, when he was talking about, you know, the difference between being a, a cult movie and a blockbuster, he says a blockbuster is a movie that, you know, a hundred million dollars worth of people watch once. It's like a, a cult movie is a, a movie that a hundred people watch a million times. Absolutely. Mm. God, who said that? Bruce Campbell. God, that's wisdom. <laughs> that is, it is absolutely true. Yeah. I've, I've, when I watch movies, I, I don't just watch them. I, I see them again and again and again until I absorb them. Until they just get really locked in there. Yeah, absolutely. Carol, this has been wonderful. We really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we're going to share your information. We look very much to your book. Uh, you know, keep in touch when your book comes out. We want to read it. Oh, thank you. 
<laughs> you and my mother. <laughs> and uh, you know, if you publish anything else through Playboy, we promise to uh, to read it. But you know, we're just going to buy the issue for the articles. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, I'm I I was online only. I'm not not worthy enough of the the print magazine yet, but. One day, one day, not quite, not quite. <laughs> and, and Eric, this has been another fantastic week. Uh, you know, this is uh, Flash Gordon is your brainchild. You are the engine behind this. And as always, I appreciate it uh, that 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 you uh, started us on this journey. Oh, thank you, man. I I I bow down to you for the technical difficulties that you have to deal with for. Uh, Handling our all of our all of the editing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you say that's true because uh, I'm a little I'm a little late getting the most recent episode out. I, I'm gonna have like it's gonna be, like come out at one o'clock this morning. It's like oh well, everyone subscribe. We'll be in hey, good shape. It's free. <laughs> yeah, it's free. Uh, but that's not my only concern. I actually uh, I have another thing that's been weighing upon me, Eric. Mm. You see, uh, before we start recording today. I was flipping through the channels and Tombstone. I love the movie Tombstone. It was on TV, so I watched like a half hour of Tombstone. Featuring a gaunt, sickly looking uh, Val Kilmer, who was awesome in that movie. I was remembering to my college days, and I had a, the girl, my girlfriend, my senior year of college, she would always say, he's like, you know, you just look like Val Kilmer. You look like Val Kilmer. I did not look like Val Kilmer, but it was nice of her to say. But then I've seen Val Kilmer recently. It's like, oh my God, is that what she was referring to? Was she looking into the future? And this is the Val Kilmer that she saw when she looked at me. It's like this doughy, puffy, like, just not Batman of a guy. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I mean, maybe, you know, back then she might have been thinking of Val Kilmer in Top Secret. So, you know, if you're thinking maybe you're a, a spy who, who gets into some wacky adventures and sings about surfboards and talks backwards <laughs> with Peter Cushing, don't worry about it. Flash will save every one of us. <laughs> Those are all things I do. Coming up next week... Rory Spence of Hangover Reviews joins us as Dale Arden cuts loose. Incredible adventures await you here on Flash Gordon Minute. Someone believed it Look what
but it's done so far. What's so amazing that keeps us stargazing? And what do we think we might see? Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. The dreamers.